to another episode of the Pop Culture Roundtable, the podcast that's promising 100 million words spoken in the next 100 days. In this episode, we talk about 69 love songs, WandaVision, and Oscar Akuno. I'm Andrew Sale. I'm Lauren Rubin. I'm Patrick Hill. So wave your flags high and get your tally trackers ready, because it's time for another episode. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious is one. We like to kick every episode off by going around the table, which is where we talk about things that are new, fun, and noteworthy about our weeks. Um, but I think before we get things started, I, I do think we have some business to um, to get to, just to kick the episode off, right, Patrick? Yeah. Well, we have to talk Bridgerton. We need. Yeah. We last week. Uh, yeah. We committed. I set up forth uh, a gauntlet of sorts, which was to guess who Lady Whistledown is by the midpoint. Of this, the only season of Bridgerton we have, season one, uh, and you both have your guesses actually like in envelopes, which is wild because I don't keep mm-hmm. envelopes. I'd have to make, I would have to risk COVID to go. I have already had it, but I'd have to risk it again <laughs> to go to the store to get an envelope. So this is just bizarre to me. Yeah, it's. I mean, for us, like, just to point out, we didn't watch the show prior to this. We hadn't seen any of the mm-hmm. show prior to this. You talked about it. We have then, since that point, uh, a week has gone by, and we have each watched the entire first season and have made our predictions and put them into yes. these handy little envelopes, um, given mm-hmm. the, the rules of the game that we that we instituted. Now, if you are afraid, if you haven't seen the show yet and you don't want any spoilers, you need to maybe skip ahead the next five minutes. Just skip ahead five minutes in the episode. You'll be totally fine. Um Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we'll just wave when when it's time to come back in. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. Perfect. Don't worry. But, we'll and, tell I, you. and y'all need to. We each... can put a timestamp on it. Maybe. Yeah. Is that Give too us... difficult? It's true. No, no, no. That that's too difficult. So just keep skipping. <laughs> if you just tune back in, you're not Disregard. done. Keep going. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So. Give me your guess, and then give me your justification for your guess. Let's start with Lauren first. All right. So I'm gonna open it up my envelope. I love that she already knows the answer. Like, really, I should open the envelopes. I, it doesn't matter. Well, we would have had to mail them to you. <laughs> that would have been a, a waste. All right. So I said, Lady Whistledown is Penelope. Okay. Um, and, and Penelope is the, the girl I mentioned that's also in Dairy Girls. Yes. Yeah. Um, Feather Down. And so why did you pick her? Um... <laughs> this is going to sound silly, but it was like, who did I think was like most likely but least obvious because like there was a couple people that i thought would have been a more obvious like oh they want you to think it's her and i was telling patrick beforehand i literally wrote this down sealed the envelope and then almost immediately after something happened where i was like oh i was wrong yeah like, i got it totally wrong yeah. i immediately yeah. regretted yeah my decision as well do you want to know my decision yeah. before we go so, on to tell talk about who it actually was you're saying that yes. it's the the person you most medium suspect <laughs> is the most d- direction you went well it was who could it actually be? It was like, you know, the first like level. And then it was like the most obvious person probably isn't going to be who it is. So got to go at least like a level or two down. Yeah. So, Andrew, who was your guest? So let me open my whistle down envelope. I love I like that we're devoting this much time to Bridgerton. This show's not worth this much time. It's fine. I know. 
Penn. Hey, you also ah, yeah. said Penelope. For Penelope. Yes. For, the, for the same reason. So I think it was... Um, I, they super wanted you to think that it was Eloise at first. Super did. And if we had made yeah. the guess yeah. on episode three, I probably would have guessed Eloise. Um, I also would say the same. Yeah. But then the second that we sealed this, I think it was episode six, uh, instantly started questioning if it was Rose. Like the next episode, I was like, oh, is it yeah. Rose? And then and then they talked um, about... So yeah. I thought the queen was another suspect that would have been fun, but they like... Made that very clear that I that even thought, been a possibility I even thought that it was point. Anthony. I even thought at one point it was Anthony because he uh, kept sneaking away mm-hmm. and, and doing those things. Like, I I thought all of the things to think and question myself. Uh, yeah. 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 And you can't go off the narrator yeah. because the narrator in the show is Julie Andrews. So mm-hmm. it's, and she's obviously not anywhere else in the show, or at least. I- so I, I definitely like suspected it could have been a man. Like, yeah. they were, that they were trying to misdirect you completely. But so what they. Um, what what they did? I was I was telling this to Lauren beforehand. The way I perceived it, and the reason you need to guess mid season, because they're kind of leaving the fact that it's a secret alone. Like they, they every now and then they hint that you don't know who it is, but they're not really doing anything with that story until like episode six or episode seven when they actively start trying to misdirect you. Yes. Up until mm-hmm. that point, I don't feel like they're trying to. But if you try to guess later in the season. You're in the middle of like the active misdirection of what's because I I also I guess Penelope there was something that happened that I just felt like I know exactly what it, it was, was that personal well, enough like, for yeah yeah there's the one event it. that happens and you're like well it pretty much has to be her because it's it's not her mom <laughs> like <laughs> I I uh, yeah it definitely made me I was I was questioning the whole um, like Colin was never mentioned at all in things until it was until it was deemed appropriate and then all of a sudden like oh that's way too convenient which they address later in the final reveal where mm-hmm. they misdirect you into thinking and so that i even had that thought too i was like oh man it was the it was the dressmaker the whole time with I that, that same, with that same like, information I thought she was a good choice yeah um she would have been a good choice but uh mm-hmm. so i think she was obvious and then she was not obvious for a lot of it yeah. and then she became yeah the one part I thought Penelope did not fit in was someone reporting. Okay, this is a big spoiler. Here's another spoiler, buddy. Someone Thank reporting you. on like the women's gambling night because Penelope wouldn't. She have been wasn't, there. but she would have known that that was what the event was. She would have known that was yeah, an event she, she wasn't going known. to. You know what I mean? So like I yeah I had I had all those thoughts too because I knew she wasn't there but I'm like she would have known because they actively didn't get an invitation to this. But the thing that reaffirmed mm-hmm. it is in the column from that week she basically says oh nothing big yeah, happened. snubbed it yeah because she didn't know. Yes. So um so yeah I I think there was Penelope was the good choice and then I think they do a lot of misdirection later in the season to try to make you second guess that but ultimately it was her. What were we gonna say Lauren a second ago? Oh, I was going to say another person I really considered was um, the Duke's aunt, and I'm really bad at remembering everyone's name. Yeah, uh, a lot of names. Uh, um, Danbury, right? Yes, yes, Lady Danbury. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've already forgotten all these names. I've already like <laughs> yeah, I, I saw the show a couple. A it's few a lot of generic, generic names. <laughs> how, how did y'all? So ultimately, you have to just just a number rating, maybe. Uh, how do you feel about the season of Brid- Bridgerton? Hmm. I'm going to give it a solid seven. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking maybe like a, a six or seven. It is a lot of fun, but it's like, it's nothing new, really. It's it's just like a 
kind of uh, romance novel made into a TV show. Do you agree about my Emma and Riverdale mashup? Having now, yeah, seen I've it. never seen Riverdale, but I do, I do see that. I've also heard it. I've also heard it uh, compared to Gossip Girl. Oh, yeah, I can see Gossip Girl like big time, and it's actually like the music isn't as big of a like piece of it as I thought it was when you were. Um, explaining it, it's way more subtle. It is more subtle. Very um, subtle. You could go the whole, other than maybe the Billie Eilish song. Um, yeah. <laughs> all the, because that one, it's like. And the, Taylor the, Swift. The, yeah, but. Yeah, but, but like, the, the way that they totally cover it really it. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it would, it's a lot easier to miss, especially in the first couple episodes when they're just kind of playing it ambiently at the balls and stuff. Like, um, but the costumes and stuff are really neat. Um, yeah, it's it's like it's a fun show, but it, I didn't feel like I like got a whole lot see, out of it. <laughs> yeah. Did did we see his wiener? No, I don't think you so. Never, you never see wiener. It's, you only see based on what you were telling me. It was like implied. tamer than I was expecting. Yeah, I I, say, I agree. But, what the way that I heard it, the way that I heard it, kind of pitched to me prior to actually watching it. It does seem it a lot tamer. Exciting. It does seem a lot tamer. But it, it I will say, I. I think it was a very well balanced show. I think there had lots of different elements of different genres of show mixed in, which is what kept it interesting for me. It wasn't just a straight mm-hmm. drama. It wasn't just a comedy, though there were some very funny parts. <clears throat> it wasn't just visually appealing. It also had a storyline that was intriguing. I liked the mystery aspect. All this, I thought the writing was actually really well done, and the acting was executed pretty fantastically. Like I, I don't, I don't see any flaws with any of the actors in the film or in the in the show. My only mm-hmm. my only gripe with it, honestly, is what the heck they, they they put all this attention and detail into like the visual of the show, but then like the opening slate graphic was so boring. <laughs> like it, it, it didn't like- it didn't feel at all like like the rest of the show. No, it felt like uh, a a show from like TBS yeah. or something. Like yeah, I. It, it felt really low budget. This, and in fact, what's the uh, what was the show about the town that like all the people that live in the town are geniuses, like engineers and I don't whatever. Know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it, it reminded me of the mouth. slate. It reminded me of the slate for that one, which also sucked. It but anyway, yeah. Boring. I don't really like remember what the like opening is like. It's not very memorable. <laughs> From Bridgerton. <laughs> From Bridgerton. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the, the tree. tree. And then Bridget oh yeah and- yeah it does look like a direct ripoff of Downton Abbey like <laughs> it just looks che- it just looks cheesy like I I would have loved for them like to weird lean CGI, into the CGI the colorings I would have loved to see them lean yeah. into the Victorian stuff more like why not see like- I think they should have leaned a little harder into their um the like dissonant stuff like the stuff that isn't as like historically accurate or whatever because like they're trying to li- ride a line where it's like. We're doing a period drama that's kind of woke, but I don't feel like they actually pushed that very far at all and could have in like more interesting ways. So, like, I don't know, like, that would be what I want in a second season where they're kind of pushing against these tropes a lot harder because they start to bring up some stuff about feminism, but they're still like, but she got married and had everything she ever wanted. <laughs> so here's what they should have done. I, I have this. I have this. Because at one point in the show, at least, like, I'm not good in art history, so I only noticed, like, one but it was very apparent to me that they were like reconstructing a famous painting with how they set the scene. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. With what people were wearing. It's the whole like that painting where they're, it's like the lake the or the park. Yeah. 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 On the, yeah, exactly. They totally reconstructed oh. that in the show. So for the opening sequence, every episode should be a different famous painting from that timepiece that they've just reconstructed with people in like a live set. That would have been awesome. That would be an awesome. That would have been been really cool, yeah. That would have been awesome. I'm the idea guy. Yeah. Okay, 
we devoted far too much time to that. Does anybody? I don't. I don't agree anything? that we devoted too much time. I think that was a fun okay. little game and experiment. And yeah, the that show, really was fun. I think the show is is what everybody is talking about right now. So I think it's a yeah. fair. We get, we devoted enough time to it. You would rather watch this than go back to the point in time where we were watching like Tiger King or something. Yeah. Yeah. This is a Absolutely. lot more fun than that. Like, honestly, right. like it really was I t- like I took enjoyable, way, which is why I took both way, of us binged it in less than a right. week. Like I took way more screenshots of this show than Tiger King. <laughs> for sure um so what else happened in people's week so my my week mm-hmm. is uh, outside of this is is pretty low-key because we're in the process of of closing on a house yeah and mm-hmm. when when you do that you which have opens just... a whole new chapter one oh. thing closes and another thing opens <laughs> but what you have to do is not do anything you basically have to sit still in yeah. a chair yeah because any, which you're not like good I, at <laughs> no, no 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 because anything that you do can like sink the process and like reject oh, your financing and do something so i i have just resigned myself to doing nothing so i have i don't have anything to bring to the table this week andrew do you have anything in your life that is worth talking about i uh i did very little in way of um of things i drew i drew lots of things and that was fun yeah. but uh, i saw your good. betty your betty white was great thank you yeah that was really amazing <clears throat> it was it was nice happy b day to betty yeah it was nice to remind myself that i am capable of drawing more than animated characters because i've been on a streak of just drawing <laughs> animated characters and i'm not even actually trained in that i'm trained in what i did yesterday i'm trained in it felt like mm-hmm. It felt like seeing Tom Whalen put out like a Daniel Danger piece. Like it was like so different than all of your Mickeys and stuff that you've been putting out lately yeah. to just have this mm-hmm. like really lifelike portrait. It was, yeah. Yeah. I, I am very, I'm, it's weird to say I'm proud of that, but like, yeah, it was like a three hour diversion yeah. from what I've been doing. And um, that is what that's I'm trained fast. in. Like I'm actually trained in that. And that's, it's good to flex those muscles. I do think that all, I feel all like the it's good to like you start there, you know, like yeah. you learn how to draw like from life, and then you can exaggerate it once you're like yeah. learning it to draw like um, yourself. I do want to do more of it. Like as I do it, I remember like the the intricacy of like paying attention to your reference to to trying to execute that on paper um, is mm-hmm. is therapeutic in in some ways. So, but it was also mm-hmm. tied to it was, it was more than just the drawing. Like there was a there's a big long post kind of. Uh, I didn't read it. It's too long. Yeah, that's okay. Um, <laughs> TLDR. See, touching based on what people were saying in the comments, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, other than that, such I, a good friend. I've been watching. I've just been watching uh, Bridgerton. Really, that's the that's the culmination of what my week has been. It's been uh, just just trying to stay on on top of that. Play. We did play some games. We played some games. Uh, yeah. I introduced you to Farkle. You had not played Farkle before, and Farkle? Uh, you talk about a game that's anxiety-inducing for Patrick. <laughs> if you are a family that does not care about board games, which is fine, but you want to have a game, so like if you have friends over for a dinner, you have something to do for you know forty-five minutes afterwards. Farkle is like the perfect style game for that. Yeah, it's a dice. Like there's game. always oh, people will ask us about like the uber casual, the game you play with people that don't play games. Mm-hmm. Yep. Far- Farkle is about as simple as you could Farkle possibly get. Farkle or but War. It's still fun. But War, you work? can only play with just one other person. So Farkle is just you get six dice and you, you roll them. And d- based on what 
what the results are of the dice determine how many points you get. I'm not going to go into all the rules, but like ones and fives score on their own. So ones are worth 100, fives are worth 50. Um, and then if you mm-hmm. get different combinations of things, they score in different ways. But they have to have they have to occur Trips, all in quads, a quad straights, etc. Yeah. yeah, they have to occur mm-hmm. in a single roll. Now each you can continue to roll as long as you're scoring. Um, if you get all six dice scoring, then you can put all the dice into, back into the cup and roll again and keep adding to mm. your, your points. At any point, if you roll the dice and you don't score on those dice, you lose whatever points you had tallied up to that point in that round. Um, the goal is to get to okay. 10,000 points first, and uh, I believe Mackenzie oh. won. It was a... I was ahead for a good portion, and then Mackenzie came back, and Patrick actually made a run for it towards the end, where you were only within like two thousand points of winning, Um, and uh, and then Mackenzie ended up winning. Yeah, it's it's. But the cool thing is, you can like you can also play it with your children, right? Which that's awesome too, because we we that's an issue. I I say I don't have that issue. I have kids, but I'm I, I am in settings where people come over to play games and they bring their kids and and. Of course, their kids want to be involved with what the adults are doing. I don't have a lot of games that we can all do together. Farkle is one that, like any number of people, any age, like they can participate. So, uh, nice, really good. Andrew, can I make a request for the one of the things you draw very yes. soon? Yes, I want to request that you draw the um, Betty White's um, basically uh, evil twin. Uh, her name's Betty Black, and I assume <laughs> that she'll be like tattooed and like like I, I'm guessing like spikes and like whatever. I would love if you would take your Betty White portrait and then you would create a Betty Black. How about I take the Betty White portrait that I did and just modify it and put all of Post Malone's tattoos on her face? <laughs> yes, and then, and then do Betty Black. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Um, uh, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. yeah uh yeah that was that was what that was essentially my week lauren what about you uh so other than watching bridgerton i've all watched another new show and that was uh zoe's extraordinary playlist god i hate uh, that I re- show so much oh my mckenzie <laughs> watches it the new season oh. just came out garbage town well uh <laughs> i really liked it actually so this is very different than what i would usually recommend uh i started watching it because two of my friends are doing a podcast covering this show called our extraordinary podcast uh and they asked me to do the artwork for it uh prior to last week i had never watched the show before so i started watching it so i would like have enough context to be able to do the like cover art for it uh but i got totally sucked in it is cheesy i'm not gonna lie it's very how silly. far did you watch i watched all of it it is the equivalent, it is the television equivalent of just eating cups of powdered sugar. Yes, yes. And then it someone really dies, silly. but then it goes back to eating cups of powdered sugar. Like, it's just so cloyingly sweet. Yes, but it's like literally the whole premise of the show is like people like express their inner thoughts through songs, in like their normal life. It's very silly. Like even the show points out that it's like excruciating to watch real people sing to each other. And like, so the main character is like cringing the whole time. Which is why people, people don't do it in day to day life. Like you're, if, if people really did yeah. that, that's how life would be. But it's so unrealistic. That's the whole premise of the show. Yeah, it's yeah. very silly. It's very exaggerated. Like, you either buy into this, like, bit or you don't, and it doesn't work for you. And I can totally understand why it would not work for people. Like, you just kind of have to, like, 
jump in and if it works it does if it doesn't it's fine too <laughs> yeah. yeah i just don't have a heart for it what's the, so i don't the have po- a heart is the podcast out like you already is like the artwork and everything well, revealed yeah, the, and- they're on season what season is it on now it's on the second season which just started this week uh like that starting tomorrow they'll have uh the new artwork up uh and also the new episode of the show will come out on thursday so uh so as of release day it is already available for people to see yes totally Okay. Mm -hmm. okay uh and i'll have links in the show notes if you guys do like the show i would recommend checking out their podcast i'm friends with them through uh they used to do a magician's podcast and that's how we met. And they oh. are very good at going super, super in depth about like analyzing shows down to like what people are wearing and everything. So I love them. And that's interesting because this really show good. doesn't like have any depth. But <laughs> you're so rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I just, man, I hate this show. That that's, that's I was like, that's I'm, all I can. I've seen. I've probably seen fifty percent of the episodes. So I'm not saying I've seen like complete. But I've seen probably 50% of it, and it, it is just nails on a chalkboard for me. I saw it. I've seen several episodes. I haven't seen them. I saw the end. I saw the end of season one. I saw how everything kind of culminated mm-hmm. in several episodes in between. Um, it's not something that I was clamoring to get back to, but I did think that it was... I thought that it was a nice diversion. It was, it was, it was like what Glee used to be. Like, that's what it is. Yeah, it's, 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 yeah it's, they have a lot of Glee like alumni yeah. in it as well. Like it's it's very silly. It's I, I, very I very like silly. That. I'm not gonna like act like aspect. it's not. Yeah, I like that. I, yeah, it, was a nice, it was a nice diversion from everything it, else that's happening. Yes, it's very like cotton candy ish. Like it's you know like you, it just dissolves right away and it doesn't stick around. You know like but I it's, probably it's couldn't cute and it's fun. And I definitely it. cried a few times with the, all the stuff. with like her dad is really yeah. sad. So um, I probably couldn't binge it though. Binging it would be like like eating cup after cup of of powdered sugar. But I think watching it once a week, like and how it's intended to be watched, I could totally see like taking and, an hour out of your week and just going and just like releasing like some yeah. And we yeah. haven't said this yet, but in the show, the lead character, when events happen, she sees them play out in song in the environment that she's in, but she sees it and other people don't see it. She is the only person who sees it, actually. Right. Like the only tend, one. And those their songs, anywhere from modern songs to class, they're all going to be songs you know, right? Mm-hmm. but they're all brand new arrangements of the songs. And so she sees all these events play out in song and other people don't see it. And um, so it's, it, which is the reason you compa- compared it to Glee, because you watch an episode and you're going to get four or five songs, whatever. Right. Uh, but, mm-hmm. that, but it's the... The point of the show really is just to watch these new arrangements of songs you like. That's right. the point yes. of the show. The, the mechanism is just to get you to another song that you can sing along to and tap there your is feet a, to. There is a through line, though. And the through line is it's, yeah, uh, it's touching. It's, like, there's a touching through line. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's or, simple. Or it's not like or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. like the world's like deepest endeavor. Like you know, I think Bridgerton is about as like deep as this is. So like you know, but like eventually this show will go away, and then. Uh, a studio will just find another excuse to cram five popular songs into an episode sure. and then we'll just get a new hook. Because so it's, that's, it was Glee. Because that's what the people need. People because need people that. love listening to arrangements <laughs> of music they already like. Yeah. And that's what this is. This, yeah. that, that's the point of the show. Uh, next time it'll be like space aliens that like can like mind control people and force them to do arrangements of popular songs. Who knows? Like it'll just be a new hook. But whatever. Are you listening, YouTube? 
This is for you, the YouTube executives. <laughs> That's how TV shows get made, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they can make some. Uh, yeah, because some new, guy new just TV said, shows. "So, man, people really love listening to songs they already love." So wait, hang so, on. So let's just give them. Speaking several. of the thing that I just said, it did remind me I did do something this week. I spent an inordinate amount of time watching YouTube and I watched a ton of Adam Savage stuff. I watched a ton of tested one day build stuff. I watched his entire experience going. uh, He built the Samaritan, which is Hellboy's sidearm. Um, He rebuilt, he he rebuilt that um, out of aluminum and he machined the whole thing himself, which is crazy. And that episode was a one day build, but it took several weeks and it was actually split out into four different parts. Um, he made mm-hmm. a case for it, like the case, the like the box that he made to hold everything, um, was like an hour and a half long just for that one episode. Like it's, it was very very cool. So I did, I did dump a lot of time into watching other people be very creative and talented. I looked at Adam, I looked at Adam uh, Savage in so much awe and so much, um, not jealous, but like. Man, to just be in his presence to see if I could uh, like gather some of his motivation, his talent, his his wisdom, his whatever through osmosis. I would love to just sit in his workshop while he does stuff like that. It's it's insane to me how his brain his brain works so differently than mine. He's so casually mm-hmm. like brilliant, knowledgeable. Yes, yeah. I mean, yeah. And that's what's exciting. His content is awesome because uh, like all they the one day builds or he's been doing a lot of q a stuff like little clips lately right. and and whatever um it, it's again it's so casual it's so friendly it's so comfortable but it's packed with so much information but it never feels like you're getting a school lesson no right but you can learn so much just by sitting there it's just yeah this like casual brilliance that's always coming off of him um, it's very stuff. Did you watch him build the uh, the machine, the bolt and nut? Did you see that episode yet? The nut Mm-mm. and bolt of what? He he literally. So what he does is he talks about if if someone is wanting to like apply for a job, what he would want from them when it comes to like a resume, basically. And he um, he settles on this nut and bolt, this idea of it's something that is so simple. And so elegant, and people understand. But to actually calculate it and get it correct, and where you know, it, it, there's a lot of effort, a lot that of goes engineering, into solving that. that. Right. Mm-hmm. And so he does that. He like you get to see him solve how to create a nut and a bolt, and it's it, you know it's a it's a large one. It, it would be like um, um, the size of like a Coke can or whatever. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. it's all brass. But that episode is great. Uh, if you want like an episode to start with. That's when I really recommend is jumping into yeah. that episode. And then, yeah, the one day builds. There's really, there's tons of really fun ones. Yeah, it's, it's cool. He does, you can support the show, but they do these prints that are of his draw, like his, his, uh, his plan, like his drawing plans of things. And, uh, it's all like handwritten stuff. And they're his actual drawings from his notebook that they have screen printed on posters. Um, I think I'd like to get one of those just to, he has one where it's his tool chest, like his original tool chest, and it's a blowout of his tool chest with all of the different items that are in there listed down the side. And um, I would nice. love to talk to to Adam Savage. He's just seems like a super mm-hmm. cool dude. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Anything else, Lauren? Nope, that's pretty much it for me. Cool. Just all right. Well, chilling. then I think that we will just move into our new category section, ladies and gentlemen. The master categories. I'm looking at that print now, and that print looks really good. Isn't it cool? Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
You know the reason he has the um, injured hand demerit badge is because he did injure his hand a couple months ago while cleaning his lathe, and he has a video about how he messed up and did it and like the mistakes he made. It's a very like sober video or sobering video, but it's like it's also really great information. But yeah, anyway. He's- even the terms had an injury cleaning his lathe like makes my stomach like contract it makes me oh, so uncomfortable it's <laughs> like, like a, that sounds he really bad lost his hand like it could have been super bad but he has a whole video explaining no. what happened yeah no um Ouch. so our our category section uh has evolved by uh going by reverting <laughs> it's a uh, that process of something new made from something old and so if you listen to last week's episode you know that we have kind of retooled how we are doing the category section of each uh pop culture roundtable and so um we roll dice now and we have categories that are preset we roll the dice to determine what each of our categories are and then we have a modifier and uh, we started that last week and so this is going to be the result of that um lauren why don't you uh teach us what you've learned about music all right. Yeah. Sounds like Sesame Street, doesn't it? <laughs> now I'm going to go very un Sesame Street, though. Uh, okay, so I chose uh, the. <laughs> I chose uh, the 69 Love Songs by the Magnetic Fields, which is an album that came out a while ago, but I was recently reminded of this by my friend who actually has great taste in music. Uh, She's been doing a like alphabetical playthrough of all of her records uh, during quarantine. And I saw this in a picture and it reminded me of this record because like when you buy this like actual album, it comes in either three CDs or three records separately. So it's like a really big like box when you see it on the shelf. And I was like, oh, is that the 69 love songs? And it's that she actually has like the records of it, which is really cool. I only have a CD from back in the day. (laughs) Um, But anyway, so. I'm definitely sure you guys have probably never heard of this and it would be so much easier if I could just play the music because it's, I find it very, very hard to like talk about music. Um, but this is a really fun album. So like I said, it is actually like three separate like CDs or albums. Each one has 23 songs. Um, and you would think that like listening to it probably gets like boring, but I don't find that to tr- be true at all because like all the different variety of like types of music that they included in this, uh, the, it's kind of like the idea behind it was like to try and write a hundred love songs originally. Um, and they're kind of like all very like tongue in cheek type of love songs. They're like very cynical. Like they're not necessarily just like, Oh, I love you so much and everything's perfect. It's about like very flawed relationships or like someone you just have a crush on or like someone you haven't told that you liked yet or like that doesn't like you back or like someone you're just, like pining for or lusting after or longing for. It's like very different kinds of songs. And like I said, it covers a huge like musical genre swath. Like uh, there's like pop songs, there's country songs, there's jazz songs, there's some like experimental songs where there's just like snapping in the background and they're kind of like t- saying like a kind of like spoken word type poem. Um, and some songs are 30 seconds long and some are like five minutes long. So it's a big, huge variety of just different love songs. And I guess like the original idea was it would just be performed as like a cabaret and people would choose their favorite and they would, whoever the audience responded to the best would get paid the most. And that would be how it works. But, um, and ended up just kind of evolving into this thing where they decided to go with 69 for like obvious funny reasons. And what's this funny about that does not number. take itself too serious. 
Well, you know. <laughs> I know Cooper thinks it's hilarious, but I don't fully understand why. <laughs> Maybe you'll listen and you'll figure it out. <laughs> uh, but just to kind of show some of the like funniness, like I'll read some of the like titles off. Um, Let's pretend we're bunny rabbits is one of my favorite ones. Nice. <laughs> uh, there'll be time enough for rocking when we're old. How fucking romantic. Uh, mm -hmm. Love is like a bottle of gin. And I'm sorry, I love you. It's all like very like funny. Like it's just like there's parts of it that literally make me like laugh out loud with the kind of wordplay that they have. And I hadn't listened to this CD in, or like this album in quite a long time. And when I listen to it now, like I have such a different like reference and like knowledge of music than I did when I was a teenager and originally listened to this. So I understand like kind of the joke that they're making just by the like genre of music they choose for each song. Um, it's a lot more clever than I initially realized with like the way that they choose those because it's, it's not copying anything by any means, but it's certainly like they chose this type of song to make you sort of feel this way, but then put a twist on it. So it's it's very fun and different. And if you check it out, I think you guys might dig it because it's just a bunch of cute songs. You know, um, <laughs> very. So I, I tried to look them up to understand if there were any connections to bands I like. And uh, they they do come like this album, I think, only sold 85,000 copies. So. It's not super widely out there. Um, you said that I had to come up with something y'all didn't no, no, know, no. and I was pretty sure you guys yes. wouldn't know no, no. this one. Yeah. You have, but <laughs> you've you've nailed this, it. You have. If you're listening to the show, there's a pretty good chance you've heard one of their songs. So there's a song called "The Book of Love," and yes. Peter Gabriel went to record a version of it, and that version was on the Scrubs, uh, I think, series finale. So. Mm -hmm. That's a very good possibility. That version of that song also appeared on an episode of South Park, and it appeared in a movie called Shall We Dance. So you may have actually heard one of the songs, at least the Peter Gabriel version, but mm -hmm. uh, this album has got great reviews uh, from like Metacritic, The Guardian, Pitchfork. Like Everybody has praised this album, so I'm definitely going to go check it out. Yeah, I think it's like it's really different. To, it's it's very different than a lot of things like you won't get sick of it because like it changes the mood every like every song. So you like may not like one, but you might like the next one quite a lot. So it's a big variety of different things. Yeah, I will. I will be adding uh, listening through to that. Is it on Spotify? Will there be a link to it? Yes, I have a link for it. Perfect. So I'll be adding that to my Spotify playlist to see uh, how fun. Yeah, I really wish that like is. I was like brave enough to like sing parts of it but i don't feel like i can do that at all <laughs> i think that'll take but this podcast like to another fun. place <laughs> yeah i'm gonna go there <laughs> the bargain bin <laughs> yeah you don't need to go to karaoke night <laughs> all right but uh that would be my musical recommendation i'm gonna for this check week. it out i'm okay. gonna check it out all right who are you talking Alrighty. to uh andrew you take over all right so last week i rolled uh art and I rolled the number three on the modifier, which means future. Future. So mm -hmm. for me, as I was approaching this week, I was thinking, what do I want that to be? Like, I could have been a number of things. It could have been uh, some progressive form of art that I think is the future of art. It could be any number of things, right? Um, it could be literally me time traveling and coming back and saying, here was art I purchased from the future. <laughs> like it True. could have been, <laughs> it could have been anything. Uh, but here's where I landed with it. Um, this is an artist I'm going to be looking out 
for this is a new artist to me that I'm going to be looking out uh, for for the next for the next little bit and for the future is going to be on my radar. So in perpetuity, here's a new artist that I absolutely have fallen in love with over the week. His name is Oscar Okanu, I believe that's or Okanu. Um, there's a link to it in our Notion if you want to see his work. Um, he's on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You can see his work. His work is described as. Um, Afro-realism, <laughs> hyper-Afro-realism, I believe is what he calls it, um, uh, Afro-realism. He focuses his work on um, on the black culture and like th- the point of view of, of black society, no matter what it is. He lives in uh, Nigeria. He lives in Lagos, Nigeria. And so he's doing a lot of this work. Um, he's a self-taught artist, which makes it even more insane. Um, and it just dives deeper and deeper. So uh, if you haven't seen his I'm, work yet, let me describe it. And then you go look at it because it's insane. He, Yeah, looking at it right now, it's absolutely insane. It's insane. So it looks like photographs, looks like high res photographs of people that have been doctored on, on Photoshop or whatever. Mm-hmm. He does most of his work with a ballpoint pen. And more specifically, a blue ballpoint pen. And the yeah. amount of detail he's able to to get into his piece, he calls it his process. He calls it um, a practice in time and patience. He spends no anywhere from two hundred to four hundred hours on one of these pieces, and you can tell. Yeah, the, the detail is is unbelievable. It is it is honestly. If you told me this was all a hoax and all a lie, I would believe that. That's almost more believable than that he is achieving this kind of of appearance and look with just a ballpoint pen. Um, now, that being said, yeah, he doesn't have a ton of pieces because he spends so much time on these pieces. You can purchase prints of these. They are absolutely beautiful. Um, they range anywhere from $300 to like $700 for prints uh, of these things. They're, they're incredibly, incredibly beautiful. Um, Mm-hmm. But holy cow! I mean, he's he is somebody to look out for for sure. Like he is, um, like this kind of work. Like he, he could never get his work done in like a pop culture like gallery show because they would have to have let him know a year in advance, right? In order to get his to get his yeah. piece done. Yeah, and not that that's even something that he would aspire to do because he's he's really he really is exploring. Um, you know, the black identity and pride um, and, and, and all of these things. That's, that's what he wants to achieve in his artwork. Um, but he does, mm-hmm. as he's getting his sitters, um, like the people who are sitting, he, he tries to um, bathe his sitters in uh, ethereal light. That's what he calls it. Um, and it's mm-hmm. just, it's just crazy when you see these things. Um, there will be a, a still shot of one of his pieces on the episode artwork. So if you're driving and you can't look up the website right now or look him up on Instagram, um, right now by our show notes, you can just glance and see the, the, there will be one of his pieces on our, on our, um, episode artwork, but it is absolutely gorgeous. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how someone human can achieve what he's doing. So, yeah, it's nuts to look at that um like carousel he has of all the like close-ups like the skin and stuff is incredible that texture is insane yeah to know that it's also done with the ballpoint pen is just like what how <laughs> like it's like magic it, yeah it really does feel like feel like magic i mean 400 hours on some of these pieces yeah that is dedication that is commitment that is that is a uh 
a Does, a drive and a persistence that I do not possess. It's something to aspire to yeah. for sure. Like the ones with the newspaper, like it looks like, you know, every word is actually like written out. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. It's it's, it's nuts. Yeah, rendered at such a high level that it, it's uh it's otherworldly. So, um that's Oscar uh Ukanu Ukanu, I believe that's how you'd pronounce it. It's U K O N U. That's how you that's how you spell it. Um and his website is just oscarukanu.com and his his Instagram handle is just oscarukanu. Um mm-hmm. so anyway, very cool. Check him out. That's uh that's art for this week and uh for the future, I will be looking out. For yes, crazy good stuff. I've seen a couple <laughs> of his things pop up on uh, Reddit before, um, but um, yeah, just it's it's bizarre to me how talented some people are. <laughs> like it's just like it's yeah. it just seems like a different plane, and it uh, it I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess it is something. It doesn't feel like something you could just go out and copy. Like it it. I guess with an intense amount of work, maybe you can get there, but that's like a debate for another show. Um, but yeah, it's pretty yeah. amazing. I don't know that you could master, you, you could, you could for sure get better at using a pen as your, your main a ballpoint pen as your, you know, uh, your main source of, of artwork. But I don't know that you, you could, I don't know that you can learn this. Yeah. This is, this is, Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is God-given you know, well, talent. I mean, he was self-taught. I mean, he he didn't he didn't he yeah. didn't go and learn this. This was this was his own. Um, yeah, it, it was. This is flowing out of his head and out. We of We had hands. this debate like four years <laughs> yeah. ago in the show, five years ago in the show. This debate was a while ago, but we had this debate, and it sent around mastery and and whether you could actually master something. So I think at the time we were talking um, about um, uh, uh, what's the name of the book. The, the guy that does yeah i know what you're talking about you i think like you brought it hours thing yeah, exactly yeah. so we were uh, no i think luke brought it but we were um okay. talking about who tell me the author's name he does revisionist history oh man i'm gonna have jed no, bendelsfield I cannot okay. believe i'm blanking on this guy's name right now so i'm gonna look it up real quick yeah you're the one who listens i do malcolm gladwell <laughs> uh malcolm Incredible gladwell podcast by the way not a memorable name apparently but this this he has this book <laughs> and this idea is that if you spend X number of hours that you can ultimately like master um a a, a topic a sport as a something. So um anyway, we had a big debate about whether that was possible. But when I look at something like this, I think what I would compare it to um so I I've played music for a while. Uh I I uh would say that with what I do, I I'm decently skilled. Um I have attempted to write music and what i have found is that when it comes to writing music i just naturally i I just have certain genres i naturally concept like when i go to put something down i put things down in a specific way it may not even be my preference of what i listen to but for some reason when i envision Mm -hmm. the thing that i'm creating it just comes out a certain way and I almost feel out of control of shifting it. And I think this is the reason that like bands have the sound they have, right? They fit in the genre they fit into because they naturally their instinct is to create melodies, like construct them a certain way. Their instinct is to arrange things a certain way. And I think it's really hard to break that instinct and and I don't know if you can. So my point is to say um when it comes to art, 
My guess is it's probably very similar that certainly you can sharpen technical skills, but at the end of the day, I imagine that you still have a knee-jerk reaction for how you concept a layout, for how you choose to put things down, a way that just naturally feels right to you, and it's probably hard to break the bounds of that, um, which is the reason I, I think it would be difficult to ever try to pull off something like this. So it, have y'all found that yeah. true in, in the art that y'all do, that you just have an instinct for where you want to take a piece and it's hard to like break that instinct yeah i think totally because like even just with like colored choices and stuff half the time i'll like put down flats and then realize you just did the exact same thing on the last poster you did (laughs) you have to change it (laughs) like i just like gravitate to the same kind of colors and that kind of thing like definitely like layout stuff or like certain like you know, things I catch myself doing a lot, um, like when I design things or whatever. I think what helps break you a little bit of that is like when you have like an art director or a client, you know, then they have their feedback, uh, which helps you like kind of break that up a little bit. But I do think like, yeah, like your style is kind of like that taste factor, like that X factor that you're kind of describing where it's like, that's what makes you different. And I think definitely with like art stuff, even like Andrew, you were saying with your like Betty White thing, like doing that is very different than drawing Mickey. But like both are like very good drawings, you know, but like some people really want to do one version versus the other, you know, so like I'm a master if I can do like check this off the list, you know, but you could learn to draw in those two totally different styles and be a master of both eventually. Yeah, yeah, that's what made me that's what it made me think of, too, is like I did I did the I did the Betty White piece and it's and it's very much more in this vein, although not not quite to the extent that this is, but like it's more in this vein, it's more Mm -hmm. realism, right? And, and it was, like I said, it was a reminder that I'm, I am capable of doing more. And I, and I, you know, than just illust, you know, illustrating animated characters. However, all of the illustration mm-hmm. of all the animated characters recently in the last several months has re-engaged my, um, I'm still just drawing likenesses. It's still me replicating a, a character and trying to communicate a character and trying to capture the essence of something, right? Um, all of the things that I draw have been mm-hmm. in existence. I'm not a character creator. I'm not a, I'm not a, that's not what I, that's not what I do. That's not how I was trained. I was trained to see something and replicate that thing um, and communicate something that way. Um, and mm-hmm. so uh, it's the same thing. It's just, it, it made me attack this drawing with Betty White much more confident going into it knowing like oh, okay yeah i've been i've been looking at references and drawing those references for the last 6 months straight almost every single day for mm-hmm. the last 6 months straight um and so looking at a photo reference of her yesterday and then drawing it i felt comp- i felt confident that i could i could execute that even though it was a different style mm-hmm. uh the two definitely bled into to one another so yeah cool mm-hmm. yep all right um yeah. speaking of bleeding patrick yeah i did start you're, my you're talk about wandavision <laughs> yikes <laughs> oh boy uh you had uh you had some wandavision happen this week exactly so i had tv and film and then i had uh i rolled a two which is present uh so this is something that's going to be current now mm-hmm. the hipster part of me uh wanted very badly to go out of my way to pick something obscure however I also have to recognize the divine providence of being given current TV the same week that WandaVision releases. 
you know, the Marvel's yeah. a show about TV. Yes. And <laughs> Marvel's first foray into this long form episodic storytelling. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a yes. or MCTV. I know, it's, it's a yeah. massive, massive <laughs> deal. So for me to ignore this, I feel like would have been fairly ignorant on my part. So does the M and MCU stand for massive? Mm-hmm. Multiple. <laughs> okay. So oh, multiple masses. Yeah. So WandaVision is what I'm talking about. Now, WandaVision is released on Disney Plus. There's two episodes out now. Um, by the time when does episode three release? I assume it's next week at some point. I next think they week, come yeah, out I on guess Friday. on Fridays, okay, right? Cool. So yeah. they're doing it Mando style. Great. So you can listen to this <laughs> podcast and then uh, I guess this week on Friday you could get ep- potentially get episode three. Uh, I guess that makes sense since the first two came out this past week. Just check it out. Okay. Uh, but the way this is set up, mm-hmm. and, and I, I won't say there's any spoilers in this. I, I think in a TV show it's a bit different. And, of course, we have no idea how the season's going to resolve. So I think it's difficult to spoil anything. So I'm just going to kind of jump into what the layout of the show is uh, first. And then we'll talk about it because my guess is both of you have seen it at this point. Um, mm-hmm. But... Um, the show is set up, at least in episode one, like a 50s sitcom. And I don't just mean set up that way. I mean, it was filmed that way. It was filmed in front of a live audience. Uh, all the effects that you see were done practically and then digitally touched up. So when you see things floating around, they were doing that in front of the live audience. That's not just fully CGI. It's touched up practical effect. Uh, it is plays for a TV runtime, which is 24 minutes. Uh, and it's uh, the entire show. I mean, you it's uh, four by three instead of 16 by nine. So you're seeing it in like a this traditional aspect ratio. Uh, nothing mm-hmm. s- happens uh, that we would see as modern TV until literally like the last eight seconds of the episode. And other than that, it is like you turned on an episode of the Dick Van Dyke show or I Love Lucy or something like that. that that's the complete feel of it. Yes, Lauren. Yeah, just with superheroes. For with some superheroes. <laughs> now, even though, and, and the thing is, it plays it that way very straight. Okay, so the 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 pace, the type of jokes, everything like that plays in that. Now, what happens over the course of the show? You get the sense that it's a facade, and so there are a couple of moments, and in fact, I'll say there's two or three very large moments. There's a lot of subtle ones, but there's just there's a couple of moments where they really start hinting like something's not right in this world but then it jerks back into the 50s sitcom uh, now mm-hmm. the way uh what we're led to believe or, or my understanding of it is that we are now in this new world that wanda has created and is supporting and we're going to see this world grow and progress over time. So uh, having read a little bit of the behind the scenes, we're actually going to step mm-hmm. through sitcom format in all decades up to modern times. So we're going to see yeah. Yeah. 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s. We're going to move through those. Now, what I don't know is how much they're going to change the way they they film the show so like i said they did like the classic the studio the live audience all that kind of stuff it could be that once they're doing like a 90s show or a 2000 show that they completely change what that whole setup is and in order to nail the vibe i would love to know if they're changing out the camera equipment that they're using or how they're lighting like i'm sure they are 
but mm-hmm. I would love to to I, I tried to look for this and I haven't seen any articles about it yet, but I would love to know if it's also kind of a um uh basically a class on how we would have filmed five decades ago or four decades ago or three. Like I, I would love to know uh all of that information. I'm sure it'll come out at some point. So that's the way the show's set up. Mm-hmm. Um what happens, seeing this as a world that Wanda has constructed, is this world is gonna start getting bigger. So moving from episode one and then moving into episode two, we already see the world start to grow. Um, we see mm-hmm. the neighborhoods start to have more houses in it. We see like they start venturing out places. And I think that's going to continue as well as this world that she's created as she continues to expand that world. Um, now, again, we see the cracks in the facade. And we see more of those in episode two. There's a couple of very tense moments in the episode, but they're quickly mm-hmm. like... Uh, washed over. Um, Screen Rant, I believe is who it was, put out a really good, um, like, here's 50 Easter eggs from the first episode or the first two episodes, and they cover some really, really awesome stuff that's worth checking out. Some of it is just uh, where they do this kind of homage to older shows, like, for instance, in Dick Van Dyke show, one of his big gags is that he would, like, trip over a piece of furniture and, like, whatever. Well, in this show, in the first mm-hmm. episode, you see that Wanda, uh, like, Vision goes to walk into a piece of furniture and Wanda phases him through it. So there's, like, homages <laughs> like that to old shows. But they also get into uh, more speculation about where the show may actually be going. But certainly it looks like we're in a world constructed by Wanda over time, we're going to see more cracks form, and then I imagine that we'll be brought into reality. And it does seem like there is our reality that exists and that they are being monitored by S.W.O.R.D. That's what is kind of thrown out in the last few mm-hmm. seconds. And then there's a couple mentions in episode two. But so far, not a lot of information. They confine the majority of it into this sitcom style. Um, so, yeah, really interested to see how they continue to break it. And then I'm just so pumped to see how they move through the decades and how we see yeah. the filming style change and the the performances change and even how the writing is going to change, how the beats of the episodes are going to change. I mean, I'm very, very super excited about where this show can go. And I, so far, they seem to be handling it really well. Uh, Andrew and Lauren. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have thoughts. Tell me thoughts about the Lauren seems like she's chomping at the bits. So I'm gonna let her go first. Go. Cool. Yeah. Tell me tell me about your experience I'm, with WandaVision. I, I think you guys know that I've been very excited for this show all along, even though it looks very weird and nobody really knew it was it would be like uh getting to finally like see it and it's just as weird as I think anybody could have guessed it would be. It's maybe even weirder than I was expecting, given that like the first two episodes are totally devoted to, like you said, recreating these like and homages to older TV shows and like so much so that it really is that for that episode. Um, but it's so fun to see how they kind of take all of these tropes. And like, I don't know as much about the Dick Van Dyke show, but I was like, this is totally, I love Lucy. And then when they started the second episode, I'm like, Oh, it's bewitched, like exactly sure. bewitched, like especially the intro and stuff like that. Um, and so it's fun to like, it's funny because like I think Marvel's always known for their Easter eggs, but now you have both real world and MCU Easter eggs to try and pick out from this like TV show about TV shows, which is really cool. And I do think what you pointed out of like how by the end of this show, it will be blending into what we consider more modern TV. So like, will there actually be like a shift that we notice at that point or will it just be TV now? Because that it, it, we are technically making a show right now in the current history you know what i'm saying like it's kind of hard to articulate but like 
you know, like what, some of the episodes look like 24, which is like a very modern TV show, you know, so maybe we'll they get stuff one, like that and see how it blends into like Marvel. In their behind the scenes featurette, they had a, a screenshot or they had a couple of seconds where it absolutely looked like um, Elizabeth Olsen. It looked like her in uh, Modern Family. It was like that type of like shot uh-huh. and call yeah. out with her sitting on the couch, like the the talking head type bit. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. They they had another one that looked like um, Growing Pains, and oh, gosh, I'm so excited for that stuff. I just love that. Stuff. So yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, uh, Brittany called it out in the thread on Slack, but she was saying that the first episode was 50s. Second episode seemed to play a bit more like it was the 60s, and the house that they're in is even different. Right. The house that they're living mm-hmm. in is different, and they make no a- acknowledgement of that. They're not. I think the idea is that, and we're obviously getting the the vibe that um, this is obviously not reality. This is this is mm-hmm. Wanda um, Smirnoff. <laughs> I can't remember what her last name is. What's her last name? It's something Maximoff. Maximoff. <laughs> uh, Wanda <laughs> uh, perpetuating this 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 world. It's her vision, um, right? It's Wanda's vision. Right. <laughs> right. It's Wanda's vision of this world. Uh, yeah, we also know that that obviously Vision dies in the MCU. Where does this take place? We don't actually know if this is Wanda and Vision when they were alone together, when we when they were off living their kind of married couple life in Infinity War. Like, is this during that time? Is this post Endgame? And this is her trying to reconstructing this is this before all of that stuff so we actually have zero idea where this actually falls in the mcu and i'm totally okay with that because what that forces me to do is speculate and i like speculating more than i like being spoon-fed things in tv shows it makes me stay more engaged it makes me watch you know i love seeing the the ads that are on the show you know i want that i want that uh hydra watch i want that hydra by hydra yeah exactly Um, and yeah. uh the stark industries you know it's like i just i love it like, i love that Coaster, stuff it, yeah, it yeah. makes it it makes it fun um and and so i i'm very much intrigued by this show do i think um do i think it knows what it is yes i think the director knows exactly what he's trying to do with the show do i think we know what it is as an audience no and i think that's okay because um it's going to unfold as we go. We got a we got a taste at the end of this last episode. I think we're moving into the seventies. The next yep. episode will likely be mm-hmm. a seventies era. Um, there was even that, that little screenshot at the end where, like the the pattern, like the geometric pattern and stuff like that was showing. Yeah. It's like oh, they're close to tour, especially. We've, we've moved. We're we're moving through these decades. He knows where it's going. Um, I am excited to to take that ride. Um, and I think we'll start to see more and more of that world breakdown and we'll get pieces of the behind the scenes. I think it was Mav Trav who's talked about like the balance being off. I think we will start to see more balance shift. We're going to get more what's happening behind the curtain as the episodes go on, as the story unfolds. But they had to create the world first. And I, I'm, I'm totally okay mm-hmm. to take this ride with them. Yeah. I think it's like, it's also like we're learning it kind of with Wanda at the moment. And like, she seems fully immersed in whatever this is in the beginning. And like, you're starting to see little cracks, you know, by the end of the second episode, but it's still definitely like, um, she's immersed in it, you know, like they're not like in any way, like showing that there's like an end. Right. I I like it. And I like, um, what's the actress's name who plays the, the neighbor, 
she played in in Parks and Rec, and she had oh, the same um, kind of character in Parks Catherine and Rec. Hand. Yeah, yes, Catherine. she's so she's, funny. I love her, and I think she plays that character so well. Do I think she's typecast? Yes, because that's the kind of character she plays in everything that she's in. But I love her <laughs> as that character, and it plays really well as the next door neighbor. Absolutely. I think that works really well for this show, though, because they also like brought in that lady who is the mom in that '70s show to play yes. that character. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I, I think they're doing Rupp. a great job. Is her name? I think they're yeah. doing a great job of 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 uh, of casting this show. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. I I don't have a rating for it yet because I don't know enough about it. But I'm if I had to rate my excitement level, I'm excited on. I would I would give it a ten. I'm excited to watch the next episode to see what we start to learn i did read that betney and elizabeth olsen both hated the idea there was going to be a live studio audience and apparently both pushed against it and it might i don't know much about their acting careers but my guess is they haven't spent a lot of time on Mm -hmm. sitcoms or live studio audiences so it's probably a very uncomfortable situation so to see they've been they've been in big budget movies so to see these other yeah um characters being cast that that is the world they live in I think is really cool. It, I I can't imagine, um, or I, I would love to know like the energy that creates in those settings where you have these like seasoned sitcom pros uh, that are also with these like mm-hmm. big budget you know uh, movie actors and they're like working Avengers. together to create yeah. this yeah. thing. And <laughs> especially when you're trying to again recreate something from in this case the fifties and sixties. I think it's throwing a curveball at everybody because my imagine is that everybody is having to to adopt a style that isn't their own in order to pull this off. You know, there's talk about how you know they're used to relying so heavily on CGI, right? If you see the uh, you know scenes from Endgame that are filmed, they're just mm-hmm. filmed on a big green stage, well, and that's it. I mean, especially right. Vision. Right. Like, Vision is like a dude in a green Yeah, he's like a mocap suit, suit right. and that's like, it. <laughs> and he's on a big green soundstage with green yeah. boxes, and they just CGI everything in. And so now those that same cast and crew has to be in an environment where it was described as they had to be turned into, like, you know, puppeteers, and they have to start creating these practical effects yeah. that they wouldn't before. And then they have to all react. Yeah. It's a totally different energy, totally different vibe. I, f- I find that to be all so, like to mm-hmm. make the whole feat so much more impressive. I've seen teaser images of, and they could just be misdirect, so I totally understand that. But I've seen teaser images of of Wanda um, from the, the show as a total where they do feel more cinematic. Mm-hmm. So I imagine we're going to break the world of, we're going to break that fourth wall we already do see breakings of the fourth wall, but I think we're going to break that fourth wall mm-hmm. and we're going to get touches of the you know, quintessential Marvel Cinematic Universe within sure. this show. It's going to happen oh, later. Think, yeah. It's going to happen later, but I, I, yeah, I think it's fun. I'm, I'm excited for them trying something new and different. And yeah, let's. Lauren, let's did you have roll. any other thoughts on the show? Yeah, totally. And I mean, they've, they, they've said that this will connect to like the big MCU in a pretty direct way, which I won't say because it's a spoiler. Um, but they've said like how this will connect, I think pretty directly. So it's like this, that is coming. Like it will be a part of the MCU proper. No more uh, Netflix M- MCU. Well, separately. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I just want to yeah. emphatically say, I love this show it, it, on so many different levels. I mean, yeah, I'm really I, excited probably for the this. Le- probably the part I'm least excited for is how it connects to the MCU. Cause I don't care. I am so pumped for this like meta television, uh, a TV show inside a TV show, seeing this TV show evolve through the decades, seeing how 
again, how the script is going to change, how the performances are going to change, how the beats are going to change. Uh, I, to me, this is like sitting down to watch a master class on the whole technical side. And then the, the fact that it mm-hmm. is going to wrap into the uh, larger universe, I'm sure will be, that'll be fun and exciting. I'm sure there'll be awesome cameos that we get and, and, you know, who's the person from sword sitting there watching the tape and they'll get introduced at some point and maybe it'll be a big, exciting thing. And all that's great. Um, my point is it's just, it's so exciting on so many different levels. I, I normally don't, I, I've kind of slowly gotten into the the stage of, I'll just wait till the TV show's done and I'll just go watch it later. Like I'll go binge it after it's released. Uh, this is an episode that I'll be watching on release mm-hmm. or a show I'll be watching on release day. So super, super excited. This is, this yeah. is kind of like Yay. a 10 out of 10 for me as far as how excited it has me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Totally Speaking agree. of excitement, I think we're gonna roll that into uh, rolling One more some thing dice te- before right? we leave television. I think this is worth bringing up. Yeah. Um, Bridgerton. Have you guys heard Ted of this show? Lasso? Andrew, I need to hear oh, about yes. Ted Lasso. Tell me real quick. I'm so glad that you that you said that because I forgot yeah. <laughs> and I had every had every. <laughs> uh, every intention to talk about it um on the show so yeah let me let me give you a quick recap um we got the opportunity to to tune into a uh like a uh i don't know what you would call it, like a press junket is what you would call it with several of the uh the people who put together the show ted lasso so not any of the not any of the um of the actors or anything like that, but all of the people who make the show happen. So the, the producers and like the set, the set dressing people, the, uh, the costume designers, like all of these, the sound editors, the music editors, like all these things, all the artisans, um, that are behind making the show happen. We got the opportunity to tune into that. And it was really cool, uh, experience listening to, um, how seriously they take like the costume designer for instance she um w- was talking about how they had to create a world of uh, and ted lasso if you don't know what it is quick synopsis it's a american football um coach who goes over to the uk to coach a uh european football or soccer team and it's that story um and they had to create a real they had to create a fake team performing at real locations in the real world with the real world set as the backdrop too in the show the real world is still happening mm-hmm. in the show but this is a fake team um whatever and so how how the costume designer approached creating these these uniforms that you could imagine you know teenagers buying and wearing uh, right 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 now like you know go buying it and if i saw this if i saw their uniform someone wearing their uniform out in the street i would think that's a real team yeah you know with real sponsors the sponsors they made up the sponsors are fake they're not real like and just the the amount of attention they they have three they're called kits um in the soccer world right their uniforms are called kits they had three different kits um, and then each character has their own unique style that they bring to some of their like training kits and to the whatever. And just listening to the like the um, to the the costume designer talk about how how that had to how they had to think all that stuff through to have it feel authentic, all the way to like the set people. So like these are filmed on location in places other than the bar. The bar was built later, but like um, 
you notice everything is very enclosed and you feel like you're in these training facilities because you're actually oh, yeah. there. And they don't have they, they didn't have the ability to blow out walls and have all these areas for like the, the perfect camera angle or like the right kind of lighting. And so a lot of the overhead lighting that they have is that fluorescent overhead lighting. And like <laughs> yeah. they had to in, instead of trying to work around that, they decided to lean into that and feature that as part of kind of the show's aesthetic. And that's what helps you feel more drawn in. And it doesn't feel as big and doesn't feel as, you know, lofty talking about the MCU, right? Like where things, um, even, even in this, even in this case, like they're with, uh, with WandaVision, they're in a house, but it's a stage house. And so like the ceilings are, huge and you never actually see the ceilings because yeah that living yeah. room goes is up like into 50 like the feet studio cross if you pay attention because exactly is it's set a massive way it's to massive. give you the the depth you need in the camera um and right. so it's very misleading this is the opposite mm-hmm. of that yeah this is the opposite of that and then hearing how the how the the sound uh the sound editors and the sound designers um most of this show i think only the first two episodes of ted lasso were filmed or were totally in the can and totally mastered before uh, COVID took over. Uh, and so many oh, wow. of like the, the voiceover stuff, many of the things had to be recorded by the actors in their own homes, wow. like in there. And so trying to match the sound editing and getting it not just to be high quality, but also consistent across the board um, was really, really interesting. So a huge thank you to Apple TV plus for, um, getting us connected with that. It was a really, really cool opportunity. They, they did pay for dinner too. Uh, and so, so they, nice. they said, uh, Hey, you're, uh, essentially like Postmates is on us or whatever. And you just put a promo code in the promo code was for a hundred dollars <laughs> worth of food. <laughs> so wow. I could have, I could have ordered, I ordered Chipotle. I feel like I could have ordered so much more <laughs> and just had like leftovers <laughs> for the week. Um, I guess I yeah. should have used that Apple promo TV. code, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't hate it. That was um, very generous. And that's, and that's the thing. Like, Apple what's TV, dinner cost? A hundred dollars? Yeah. They're so out of touch. <laughs> what, what could one banana uh, cost? <laughs> yeah. What could one? Uh, 20 bucks? Exactly. <laughs> um, here, go buy yourself a Star War. Uh, but like, I think uh, that's, that, that in, in indicates to me uh, the level of gratitude. They were very generous. Uh, the opportunity was very cool. And on top of that, um, uh, they were very generous. And so uh, thanks, Apple TV+. Plus. We would love to do more yeah. of those things. So uh, well, if There's one yeah, thing so we cool. praised on send, this show. It's for sure Ted Lasso. I think we had like a three-week period where we talked about it every single week. So, <laughs> And that's probably why we got on their radar. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. <laughs> they, they had a search where they searched through all of like the okay. like talked about stuff. Our show kept pinging and they're like, we need to invite those yeah, people. They like the it show. far too much. So that's cool, though. Yeah. So I, I, I imagine in the next couple of weeks, we will hear something from the Bridgerton people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> just, just based on hope, based on this experience. I hope it's like an eyes wide shut style of dinner party. We get invited to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I could actually see that happening. So, um, yeah, I hope that they send us like costumes that we can wear that are like the well, show. The yeah, I would be totally mm-hmm. down for that. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll go ahead and call that for for this episode. But we are going to roll for next week. It is right. category right. time, mm-hmm. uh, and so right. Patrick, um, why don't you roll for us? And Lauren has 
you have randomized the the list. Yeah. So uh, we don't list. know what the we might even if we get the same number as last week, it won't be the same thing necessarily. Quick reminder: we, we roll week, a d twenty so, for uh-huh. category, then we roll a d four for time period. That's the modifier. Yeah. All right. So yes. yes, I rolled a nine. All right, nine is tech. Great. Your choice. Tech is awesome. And okay. now I'm gonna. Yeah, that was one you wanted. So I'm gonna roll my d four. Got a four. So. I get to pick the time period. So that, uh, honestly, nice. some really great news or rumors came out today that this would have been good for, but we'll see what happens the next week. So, Okay. Yeah. Well, you can All talk right. about it next week because <laughs> we didn't talk about it. So <laughs> go ahead, Lauren. Yeah. All righty. I got a six, which is toys. God, I was hoping okay. for music. All right. <laughs> I've, I'm I getting the like, hard ones I out of the way too. for myself. I was too. I was hoping music was one. Oh, in a one. Past. So, uh, past, Ooh, past that's better, toys. Though. Oh, that's toys awesome. from the past. That's better. Yeah, for I love that. Better. Okay, that's this. This works out much better. If it had been present, I'd be like, um, no. I hope you come <laughs> right. with your favorite Happy Meal toys. All right, Andrew. Andrew has them. I, I was gonna say I have all of her Happy Meal toys. <laughs> Actually, more accurately. Shandra has them. <laughs> so, <laughs> small point, small point right, of clarification. Here we go. Get him back now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to uh, roll the dice. Here we go. Five. You were sitting there rolling for a long time. Five <laughs> I was just seeing this. Is filled. Oh, I was I was doing because... something different. <laughs> okay, what was what was five? We're too much Bridgerton. Yes. <laughs> Film. Film. All right. Great oh, choice. Okay. Well, it depends. Roll the modifier. Oh, I have to roll the, mo- have to roll the modifier. This will make the <laughs> difference. Four. Yes. Woo. Literally right. a film. Did- All right. I can literally just talk about a film. But I will Any make it film. A, I will make it a film that I haven't seen. Okay. Okay. Or a film I haven't talked about that I love. I will find something interesting. Okay. That's the that's the goal. You're not going to be going to the theater okay. to see um, a new film. I'm excited. At least I doubt it. I will not be going to the theater to see. I wish. Um, all right. Just need one of those handy dandy vaccines. You can find us at mofone.network where you can find show notes and links to all the stuff we talked about. And we talked about some cool stuff in this episode. So go find those links mm-hmm. um, and and enjoy all of the things. And uh, while you're there, you can. Support us on Patreon. You can like and subscribe on iTunes. You can leave a rating or review, which is super helpful for us. Doesn't cost you any money. Takes very, very little time, but it is very helpful for us. Um, we are creeping up the the uh, the what do you charts. call them? Ratings. The the charts. That's what it is. Where we were we were for a, a brief moment we were in the top one hundred, and it was Ooh. a beautiful thing. Um, we are now 7,032, yeah. but for a brief moment, well, <laughs> um, and what else? Oh, join the Slack community, have the conversation there. There's all sorts of stuff in there. Oh, that we, we can have talk an announcement about and we dive into more detail. We do. Do you want to hit oh, it? Yeah. Or me too. Go for it. Cause I don't know what you're talking we about. We're <laughs> adding a new person to the M of one crew. Oh yeah, yeah. You are the <laughs> a I pretty know, big one. You're normally yeah. good at this, Andrew. Something about today, you're like slipping everything. I mean, I know exactly. I feel like we're why. all like just slightly. I know off. exactly yeah. why, but we'll keep going. Drugs. Uh, yeah, so we're adding a new person to the M1, uh, M of One crew. I, I, last week, I talked about the fact that we were going to be starting a uh, streaming, uh, a, a YouTube streaming show that's going to be happening uh, once a month, but it's going to have this like monthly 
uh, participatory element, and, and full details will come out later. Uh, but that show is going to be run by Doc Reed. So Doc Reed is joining yes. officially the M of One Network. He's going to be running that show. We will have him on the podcast uh, in probably next week to actually yeah, probably. pitch everything, to tell pitch you about it. the show, the how you can uh, follow along, how you can participate, all that kind of stuff. But... Do we want to let him tell the name then? He's, he, yeah, yeah. Let's let him we, say yeah. the title. Yeah, yeah we, should, we definitely Because the title is fantastic. We need to let him. Yeah, Why did you really, just really tell really him good. the title yeah. is fantastic? Now they know. I'm hoping people weren't listening <laughs> to me. I was hoping most people are like you in that they tune out the second. I, I do like talking. the idea of calling a show fantastic <laughs> and that way you can just say, oh yeah, the show's fantastic. The show is fantastic. <laughs> you can hate mm-hmm. it, but you're just speaking the yeah. truth about what the show is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we'll have Doc Reed on next week to do the full pitch of this show, tell you all about it, when it's going to start, how you can follow along, all those kind of things. But expect that very, very soon. So welcome, Doc Reed, to the family. Yeah, welcome. 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 We have we have a doctor on staff now. Um, all right. <laughs> there so, is a doctor in the house. Uh, other than that, find us on social media, M of One Podcast, everywhere. Uh, you know where to find us individually. I'm at Andrew Sale with threes instead of E's. I'm at Not Cool Co. And I'm at... Squatchin. That's S Q U A D C H I N. Is that too long? No, but yeah. you did question yourself mid word. I really like you paused <laughs> mid word just long enough. You'll edit it out so that it sounds seamless, but there was a pause mid word where you're like, is this the right word that I'm spelling? And I could see it on this. your face. When I say squatchin, do you think yeah. people intuitively know it is an I N as opposed to like an A N or an E N? And do you I think people know it doesn't I-N. have a G when I say squatching? Yeah, because you say in. I think so, but I also have the curse of having seen it before I heard it. That's the reason I feel so compelled to spell it. I think is that's okay. Watching the, the G not... like out there taking all of your hits. <laughs> it's that's never. Cr- I never a... <laughs> looked for squatching because it's squatching. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, Man, I think uh, most people probably get it, but the spelling doesn't. Oh, I messed up. There's the a dot in there, too. It's squatch.in. <laughs> <laughs> so you spelling it correctly is also a key to, yeah, the, it, to this it turns process. Out, yeah, might help a little bit. You can scratch really everything that just happened. Yes. Um, <laughs> we won't, though, because it's good for the, it's good for the airwaves. On that note, we'll yes, get out right. of here. I'm Andrew. I'm Lauren. I'm at Squatch.in. Peace out. (laughs) Adios. No, my name is Patrick. Bye. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down the road and back again. Your heart is Mm -hmm. true. You're a pal and a confidant. If you threw a party, invited everyone you knew, you would see the biggest gift would be for me. And the card attached would say, Thank you for being a friend. Yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>